0: Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium, and of course, my new publishing company called Zivi Books. And now, back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Here's a little snippet by one of the authors from the anthology. My name is Melissa Gould, and I am so excited to have my essay, What's in a Name? My Best Friends. In the new anthology, moms don't have time to have kids. And the thing I do not have time for is people who refuse to get the COVID vaccine. Get it, people. Zelmira Crespi and Maria Mont are the co-authors of Happy Mom, Happy Kid, How to Reconnect with the Best Version of You for Your Kids. Maria Luisa Mont is a digital entrepreneur and mom of four who previously worked as a child psychologist in Chile. After moving to the US and being unable to continue in psychology, Maria built businesses through shipping, Amazon, and Shopify from home while mothering her kids. She chose to find a way to feel happy about her life as an entrepreneur and her role as a mom at the same time without the guilt or stress. While running various businesses, she proved that both options are doable without negatively impacting her family life. Hoping to inspire more moms to live a more balanced life, Maria develops and teaches courses on building online businesses from home for moms and others around the world. She currently lives in Florida with her husband and children. Zelmira Crespi is a writer and mother of five. Previously a journalist, a copywriter, and a communications and marketing manager, she now balances motherhood with her roles as a freelance content producer and investigative journalist. After the birth of her first child, who was born with special needs, and quickly becoming pregnant again within the same year, Zelmira decided to pause her corporate career to focus on motherhood full-time. While navigating her own life as a mom, yet not losing hope to find a way to express herself professionally, she discovered that many other moms struggled to balance their roles and sought to open the conversation about the identity collision of motherhood and womanhood. A native of Montevideo, Uruguay, Selmira now lives in Florida with her family. Welcome, ladies. Thank you for coming on. Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Happy Mom, Happy Kid, how to reconnect with the best version of you for your kids. And I have Zelmira Crespi and Maria Luisa Mont. Did I pronounce those right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, how are you? <laughs> yes, we're so excited to be okay, here. Okay, so inter- introduce yourselves, tell us where you're from, all the good stuff about. Okay, you. so we're both from Latin America. I'm from Uruguay,
2: and Maria's from Chile. And we've been living here in Miami, specifically in Kibis game for almost over 10 years or 11. And we've been our motherhood has taken place here and not in our home country with our family and our entire people group around us. And so we've been having this ongoing conversation during the years about both being professionals and wanting to do more with our lives. But we have other kids. We don't have families close by how to make more out of the life that we have. And we just kept on talking about the same subject of what really happens when you become a mom. Like something really does shift. Something really does move you around. And it's not so easy. It's not so simple. It's not so effective. Like when we used to be professionals or work at an office or she would have her psychology, child psychologist consultations. It, it was things were more organized before. Now they're not so organized. But can we get back on track and what happens then? So that's when we decided to write a book about it, because we really wanted to first answer our own questions and second, help any other mom that was kind of feeling the same thing. I love that. Yes.
1: I'm, as Selmira said, I'm from Chile, a mom of four. Selmira has five kids. So that's pretty amazing on itself. We are experts by experience. <laughs> and as a child psychologist, it was very frustrating because coming to this country, I couldn't work as a child psychologist because I had to validate all my studies and whatever. And then I have four kids. So with this book, I I could really get into the things that I saw all this time happening with me, with Selmy, with all my friends and, and a woman that we talk about. And it's been a challenge, but it's been a, re, a real good adventure and something really cool that we did. Yes.
0: Wow.
2: How old are all your kids? Mine are, I have Josefina, she's eight. And then I have four boys who are seven, four, three, and five months.
0: Oh my gosh. Wow. I'm doing that.
1: (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Yes, you are. And I have the oldest one is 12 and the latest one is six. So yeah, she's a little bit better than I am. I'm, I'm still a little bit Not in the better, model.
0: just a little ahead, yeah. just a I'm little out of the yeah. tunnel
1: now. So, yeah, I can see yeah. things clearly. Yeah. yeah.
0: I have four kids from 14 to six, so uh, I'm even further along yeah. and it does get the <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> so. but, you know, part of why I picked this book and, you know, I get a lot of parenting book pitches all the time, but it was so Open, honest, and just real, and you could tell that you are doing this from the goodness of your hearts to like help other people. I even loved how you examined this concept of like matricence or mom essence or whatever, you know, and how you know this is a life stage, and people spend so much time talking about, yeah, now I'm a mom, right? But it is a whole nother physiological. Everything about you changes, like from your the, your heart, literally, like your mind. Everything is literally. Physiologically changing, and of course emotionally, and how you addressed it and shared, interwove your interwove is that a word your own experiences throughout. So tell me a little bit about the sort of more sciencey stuff that you're like the life stage part of it that, you know, that your body goes through as a mom. And then I want to hear more about your own experience. Well,
2: for me, my biggest aha moment when I was writing this book was that when we, we actually started the book and we didn't have the answers, it's more like an investigative journalism journey that, that we did a study. We did, we, we studied over 600 women. Maria can tell you a little bit more about that, but I kept on researching and researching and trying to find something that would explain what really happens to us moms. And when the word mattresses or matrescence came up, we still don't know how to pronounce it, but we love it. The comparison of comparing a teenager with adolescence and a mother with matrescence, it makes so much sense because a teenager does have a direct impact to their brain, their body and their hormones. And women have the same exact impact when they get pregnant and when they when they're in postpartum. And it makes so much sense. And you have teenagers running around the world, and everybody's like, oh, well, they're a teenager and they're going through some stuff. And I, I don't really feel, felt like somebody was like, oh, you're going through some stuff. You, you just became a mom or you were just pregnant. Maybe you can like have a little bit of sleep deprivation, but not so much is allowed. Like you have to bounce back, bounce back to with your body, bounce back to your job, bounce back to your husband, bounce back to everything everybody, like nothing really happened. And that's, that's something that really like, that was the moment that I was like, Oh my God, thank you for this answer. So I'm not crazy. I'm not like so alone in this. And the best thing about mattresses is that all moms go through it. Every single person that becomes a mom, a hundred percent, you can do it. You can, you can navigate it in different levels. Obviously not everybody's hormones are the same, but we, nobody, nobody can escape it. And I love that.
1: So to compliment Selmy, I had a a background in psychology. I'm a clinical psychologist. So I needed to see numbers. I needed to, to, to do a real thing and to see what happens to moms. Where do we get our fulfillment? What happens to us that we are not fulfilled? We talk every day with different kind of moms here and there. And rarely we see, oh, yeah, I'm good in every level. I'm super okay. I'm super happy. I don't see that, Selmy didn't. So we study 600 women from United States, South America, like super Europe, everywhere. And we find little areas that you can work daily, weekly, that will improve your life satisfaction. And that was huge because when we think about happiness you many times think about things have to improve or or big things have to improve. And on our study, we saw that little things that you can change or do a week on your health, on your spiritual, on your community, uh, with your family can improve greatly your fulfillment and your happiness within you. So that was a great part of this book.
0: So what are some of the things that you guys do? To make yourself happier, (laughs) like the little... Well,
1: as as in everything, is a balance, right? Tell me. Which is unreal, but we try to balance. But have a mental check from different areas that you have to work, family, social, spiritually, or anything that can elevate you. Work, of course, and physical health. So if in a week... Mm -hmm. I see that I'm not moving my body at all, and I and I, and I don't mean going to the gym. Maybe take your last stroll to the supermarket as a physical endurment, or pay attention to your kids. Like if you want family time, you already have it. Just be mindful on the on the time that you have with your kids doing homework or, or whatever. It's like more more than doing more things is is be being conscious. more conscious more mindful of what you are already doing,
2: right? Yes, and what we did is here, I'm showing you the self-care clear planner. What came out of the studies really was that if you just put a check on each area just once a week, it doesn't have to be a huge thing. It doesn't mean that you did three hours of workout. Maybe you did 10 minutes of walking over to your kid's school instead of driving in the car, for example. If you can check the check, you can do that column then you will be start you're going to start feeling more satisfied with yourself just seeing that check once a week i mean that's not that complicated and so imagine if you do it twice a week That then you're going to actually start doing something more for your body the good thing is that what we really came up was it, this is not so so complicated we did not want to do a how-to book we did not want to stress out the mom that was going to pick up this book I'm going to be a, a, a very very obvious fan of you. Oh my book. On that time, to a quarantine anthology by Owens, which I'm absolutely <laughs> loving, and in an essay by you, actually, the weight of it all in quarantine, all my body insecurities came roaring back. You actually write the perfect description of our, our of the people that are going to read this book and enjoy it and use it. It's when you when you found out that you could do something about your weight you were like okay something that worked I couldn't control the chaos of having twins I couldn't absorb the shock of going from being an overachiever to spending my days on the playroom floor longing for the time where I could just sleep again you found something for you something that to aspire to when grades and salary and all other external measures of success suddenly evaporated I was like hallelujah that is the exact Moment that we all go through that's just like, what happened? Like, who took my life away? Who took my identity away? And so many people, so many women go through that. And we, we really wanted to take care of that without the, the huge stress factor, factor. So that's why we're so happy that our study came up that it just once a week, you take care, you sit down with your four-year-old 10 minutes and really just play with him. If you did that once a week, you're going to feel much better about yourself. And it's just going to put you in the best headspace to then go on and make larger goals and really go after what you really want. And if you really want to take care of your weight, you have the Zibby Owens podcast of how to lose the monster and how to lose weight. The answers are there. A lot of people have really worked on every single answer, on on answering all the questions that you have inside. What this book does, we wanted to give you that final nudge, that final push, and above all, the permission to understand that you are not alone, you're not abnormal, you're not a bad mom, you don't feel great, you don't think that this is absolutely beautiful in Disney World. It's okay, we all went through it, you're gonna have good days, you're gonna have bad days. Don't worry, but just take pick up this book. It's an easy read. It's really fast. It kind of has essays like yours. I mean, you could do it in a short way. I mean, the, it kind of, we, we tried to put in our own personal lives essays in there so that to give it more movement and to show you that you're actually, not, you're, you're not alone. We have your back. We put phrases from very unknown people and phrases from very known people like Adele and Amy Schumer. Everybody goes through this. Just pick up the book and we want you to just feel the momentum. just with a couple of weeks of going through our planner, you're going to start to be able to just refocus and kind of find yourself.
0: I love it. I totally love it. And thank you for quoting me back to me. That's, I think that's a first. (laughs) And I love, by the way, these italicized passages of your own personal experience. Sometimes I found myself sort of like lingering more in those (laughs) because I'm like, wait, I want to know more about these. These girls, especially because you have probably, if I had an award, which maybe I'll add to the Zivi ones <laughs> for best chapter heading, you know, yours were so clever and funny, and I was just like, oh, I totally get these girls, and I just I want to read one passage that you wrote, but just to agree with everything you're saying, I mean, you know, when I was a mom at home, well, I mean, I am a mom at home, and so <laughs> saw my kids keep running in, but in the trenches, like in the really early days when I was like not wanting to admit that maybe I wasn't the happiest I'd ever been. And like, you know, I, I felt like an injured athlete yes. a little bit, right? Like I had been training and training and then all of a sudden everything stopped. And I was like, okay, even though everything, something new came in, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. But what I tried to do was I felt so stressed that I kept taking things off my plate. And I think that was a huge mistake. Like I kept being like, I'm overwhelmed. I have this, this, and this, I'm going to have to just stop doing that. And that'll make it better. But it turned out that was the wrong thing for me. Right. Taking things off made things worse. Anyway, I just wanted to like, you have to put the right things on your plate. You can't just keep taking things off because then what is left to enjoy? Right. So anyway, deep thoughts for me in the morning. Okay. I just wanted to read this part. It's in the little things by Z. I was 23 years old when I lost my mom to cancer, and I'm so sorry. She was my everything, my home, my true companion. We had moved around so much because of my dad's job. Losing mom was almost like losing home. I thought it was just me until I started to talk to other people in mourning. I realized that often when you lose someone close, the thing you missed most are the small daily details or the usual. I realized that in a rush to keep my kids entertained and stimulated all the time, I was doing a lot of extra unnecessary things. And then you have a bunch of examples. But I saw that what I missed most about my own mom was simply being with her, seeing her laugh, and feeling her
1: hands.
0: It's the moments, it's those, it's not the classes, it's not the structured whatever, it's the time, it's that connection time. Yeah. Right? Anyway, tell me more about this whole thing. Yes.
2: Actually, when my mom, my mom died to cancer, she was my entire, my four years of college, we had her in and out of chemotherapy and everything. And by the last year that she was already, it was the, the, the breast cancer went into bone can turned into bone cancer. Bone cancer broke her hip hip canceled the chemotherapy that she was getting at that moment. And then she really couldn't recuperate. And that's when everything started going downhill. And that's when I realized basically I was like taking care of her. I was her, her home nurse with my dad and I, I'm the youngest of four, but all my other siblings were, were studying abroad or they were working abroad and I noticed that when she finally was much more like in bed and just not really there and starting to go into coma right. and in and out and stuff like that, I kept on looking at her hands and I kept on touching her hands. And I was like, her hands, like, I mean, I, I can't live without her hands. And just, and, and we always, she she used to play the piano and she just had these beautiful long fingers and and I just spent days and days just holding her hand putting her hand up against my my face and just like oh my god like like let me keep this moment of her hands and that's when I realized with my kids I I remembered one day I was running from the 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 Frost Science Museum to the Children's Museum to the to the park to the whatever and then just one day everything started to get a little bit more chaotic I had four and my, my husband was doing a master's at Kellogg and And I was like, where's the answer? And I remembered my mom's hands and you know what? And I just plopped myself on the floor of their playroom. I put baby number four on my breast and, and then I just let them just be around me. And just, they just wanted to be around me and smell me and be able to touch me. And I was like, this is it. This is, this is what they need us for. And, and I want to concentrate when I'm with them like this. I don't, I can't be like this all day. It's going to drive me crazy. Obviously that's unreal. But let's do more of this when we're together and just be, cell phone aside, just let them be around me, smell me, like touch me, like talk to me, play with, play around me because they were all very pretty little. And I think that's gonna, that's gonna really stay with them. And, that, and I would just see them just turn into this like sort of peaceful little little group of people just knowing that mom was there. And that's all, we, that, that's all they need. And that's why the book is called Happy Mom, Happy Kid. Once you really understand what you need, and what your kids need, you're in a whole different ballgame. If you're running behind the bus all the time and just trying to find like this, this balance and this beautiful ideal and the expectations that you're trying to satisfy, you're going to go crazy. Just really pay attention to what you need and what your kids need. What you needed as a child, connect with that get to know yourself and just put those two puzzles together. And I swear to God, your kids are going to, they're not going to need much more. They're going to be everything you need them to be and want them to be.
0: That's so beautiful. That whole thing, start to finish. I feel like you need to write a memoir, Silmira. Well, this is my
2: first, and this is something that I do want to tell other writers. I've been wanting to write a book since I started college. And, And when obviously I started to write a memoir about my mom's death and it got to complicated it got too hard it got i was trying to move forward and it was c- c- keeping me back but this is a goal that i've had for a long time and i wasn't really able to get the moment and sit down and do it so what i did because i'm a mom and I wanted to have a lot of kids but i wanted to read a write a book and i wanted to feel satisfied was, I teamed up with a mom friend. Hello. (laughs) And the good thing about my mom friend is she's not a writer, but she's an entrepreneur. So she would be literally kicking my writer's butt saying, when are we going to have this chapter? When are we going to have this? When are we going to have that? And that accountability partner was so important to actually get this book out. We actually decided to write it in February of 2010. And at the time that pandemic came, 2020, 2020, sorry, 20, no, 2020, <laughs> we sorry. You. We started writing this book in 2020 and in February, we met once we sat down and we're like, we want to write about, about this and about, about that a week later, everything was shut down. Everybody was inside their apartments. We live in Qibisque everybody usually like has apartments because you're all day outside. You don't really need a house. Everybody was stuck like sardines with our thousands of kids inside and that's when I told Maria, we're doing this book no matter what. We're moms from eight to eight, but we're doing this book because we will, we will, I will go crazy if I don't write this book. I, I need my time during this time. So this book was written in the wee hours of the morning and this or in the wee hours of the night, but we got this through and it's been amazing to give birth to my fifth kid and a, a month later, give birth to my first book and have that. Have that. I was like, this I would have never thought that this was possible to actually be having such a big project while having a baby, while having other four kids. And I was telling Maria, this is like it feels so amazing to be able to like get out of like have the baby, get like be with him, connect with him. the The, the whole family part is beautiful and then have something so mine, so precious, so shiny to look forward to. That was amazing. That was the best thing.
0: That's awesome. This could not be more inspiring, by the way. <laughs> like, you're making me want to like, go, I don't know. I, like, it's all possible. You know, like, as long as you keep your thing, you're a much better mom. Yes. I, mean, I think that's essentially what you're saying, right? All of this, like, I'm just going to, f- if the more you focus on just being the mom, you're doing your kids a disservice. Not to say you're not supposed to stay home. That's totally great and fine. That's not what I mean at all. I mean, somehow, Keeping part of you alive while you're doing it is like the most. It's the best gift you can give your Absolutely. kids, I think, and well, I think that's what you're you're saying. And yes, no,
2: I work from home. So does Maria. I mean, yeah. we, we we sometimes like go to a Starbucks or maybe we have a. Sm- she has a small office for one of her thousand businesses, but I mean, I'm I'm around. If anybody has an accident, if anybody needs to go to the to, to the pediatrician, I'm there. But when I have moments, I carve them out and I respect them. And I take care of me because I realize that it has a direct impact on the way that I treat my kids, the way I treat my husband, uh, the way that I treat myself, like like how I see myself in the mirror every morning. And Maria has the same situation. Yeah. Same. same. But yeah.
0: I wish I had met you guys like 14 years ago. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I, I wish I would have wrote, written this book 10 years ago.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, this is like what I would have loved to read. And even the fact that it's not so long. I mean, it's like, you know, it's great. I feel like the two of you are a powerhouse team and this is just the first of many projects to it come is, it out is. of the two of you.
2: We want to. And talking about inspiration, you are a huge inspiration. I mean, yes. I when we saw that you gave, <laughs> gave us the blurb, we just... Started to really like. I started to look at everything that you've done, and you're just dangerous because I mean, it's listening to you. And and I have so many books now that I have to read in my house. I mean, I don't have time. <laughs> it's, it's like, I can't I can't listen to one more podcast until I finish the other book. It's just horrible. But yeah, you you reminded me of the, the beauty of essays. I've been an essay fan for my entire life, and and now and I I, I, I bought the the decent. Pull-up book. It's a it's a book that's just absolutely huge. The Philip Lopate.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Mm-hmm.
2: I that just came in yesterday and it's it's huge. And I just opened it up this morning and I read like one essay and I was like, geez, that that was like that was a life lesson right there. I just like, wasn't prepared to read it. No, amazing. You're I mean, everything that you're doing to help authors and and people just move their things forward. I mean, if you have any tips for us, please do because we yes. we're We're a lot, we have a lot of kids and we're trying our best with this book, but this is amazing what you're doing. Thank you.
0: Of course. And thank you for saying that. But yeah, I feel like we need to like regroup offline after the podcast or something because, you know, you both are obviously super smart and have all these ideas. And I feel like what you have to say, I mean, yes, there's this book already, which is amazing, but like, I do feel like there's so much more you guys can do and you're already doing it. And It's exciting. The potential is exciting. And the combination of you guys is really great too, you know? So, yeah, it's really awesome. Well, yeah. Well, first of all, what you need to do is write. You have to write an essay for moms to have time to write. (laughs) Right? And then I'll like, right? Okay, so just do something really short. Even just tell us more about the rubric, right? Like, how do I check off one thing a week, you know? Does it really count that I'm walking to my garage? (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it does.
0: (laughs) Does it count that I walked to my game at the airport? I don't know. Anyway. And yeah. So start write an essay and I feel like, yeah, we just have to keep in touch and, you know, imagine all that you can do. Like your kids are so young and you're already doing all this. Like I'm putting like a check back in five years (laughs) to see what these ladies are doing because you'll start, you could start something amazing or I don't know. Anyway. Let's stay in touch. I feel like you know okay. it's amazing. Awesome. Do you want to, do you have any other questions about the book? My last question is: Do you have any advice for aspiring authors?
2: Well, that, that the, the what I told you, like get get a buddy. If you I mean if you're a mom and you're a, aspiring, a buddy. If you're a mom and you're an aspiring writer. Just get a buddy, get a friend that is really interested in what you want to write. Just they're out there, you'll go to the park and I swear you'll, you're going to find somebody. to so just an accountability partner, just like I'm going to try to write this. I sometimes I didn't really feel like writing, but I knew that she was waiting for me with, um, on the computer and we would have Zoom calls and uh, at, at night about the book and it's just having somebody there to respond to you and make you feel important and make you feel that what you're what you have to write and you have to do
1: somebody needs it or even less than that if you don't have a buddy just tell someone you're gonna write a book with that said people is gonna ask you back oh when when are you finishing it are you gonna write a book and that sets you the, the I don't want to say pressure, but accountability to finish what you started.
0: Yes. I started telling people I was writing a book after business school <laughs> and it's finally coming out next year. So I have been working on this stupid memoir mm-hmm. for like, you know, it's going to be almost 20 years and I can finally be like, okay. Finally. Yes. <laughs> Not but this, I mean, <laughs> anyway. the,
2: the, this is a great start. I mean, and, and this is a this is this is a great example also of, of of just starting out, and maybe you don't have time to actually like finish the book, but just if if you have something to put together and 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 work on, well, let's let's use it. I mean, I think that we writing has really does help a lot of people, and it's just snippets of information at a time like essays or like our book just to, trying to keep it concise and fast you can really change change a life
0: love it amazing well thank you ladies sorry that the kids don't are running worry. in and can you know, we can we ask for a a you moment. for a selfie with you yes sure <laughs> oh i should have dried my hair today yeah, i don't know what,
2: uh, how does this is like this there we go awesome <laughs> this is so great Virtual selfie. virtual selfie.
0: Okay, it was great <laughs> meeting you. Great okay, me. in touch. You too. Okay, thank you so you. Much. okay we'll be in touch. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books.